You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to episode 244 of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. I want to wish you a happy Thanksgiving as I just get back from the Caribbean. Took the wife on a trip, and I'm going to tell you about that, as well as a little fun in our Why Guns Part 3 products and news from our Diamondback Guns. Mrs. M returns. Barbara talks about hunting and the importance of being family. All this and a little bit more on our Caribbean cruise here at the Black Man with the Gun podcast. Crossbreedholsters.com presents the Black Man with a Gun podcast from KenBlanchard.com. This weekly show is diverse, open, and free, involving all members of the gun community. It's not just about guns. It's about the people behind the gun, plus your rights, fun, news, and interviews. And now, here's your host, Pastor Ken Blanchard. Oh man, rough crowd. Hey, welcome back to another fun-filled, factual, and low-fat episode of the Black Man with a Gun podcast. As soon as John Wayne gives us our Pledge of Allegiance, we're going to get on with this episode, and uh, I won't hold you long, but I hope I hold you strong. If you want to contact me, you can, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, at 888-675-0202, or you can email me directly at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com. The website for the show notes is found at KenNBlanchard.com. On Facebook, look for Black Man With A Gun 1 for our fan page. Looking forward to talking to you. Hit it, John. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. All right, I just got back from a five-day trip to Bermuda for my wife's birthday. I decided to uh, take her on a Caribbean cruise, kind of a little bit early, but just for her birthday, and just reconnect, reconnect, rekindle, you know, just kind of get that honeymoon thing going, keep it keep it live. You know, we've been married for 20 years, but you gotta keep the fire burning, you know. I'm actually gonna look for a cruise for you and me in 2013. Around like March time period. If you think you'd be interested in going, we'll be doing, I'd like to probably get together a, I don't know, a pro-gun cruise trip from Baltimore to Bermuda and back be like a group thing and uh, I'll have it all worked out so that you can give uh, payments to the cruise director and you know do a monthly installment thing so it'll be affordable for you know more people that want to go if you think you'd be interested send me a note the cruise was cool man I mean it, it took me a while to get relaxed like three days out of the five day cruise I still was uptight I was going through some internet withdrawals a little bit, but uh, 
Sunday. It was some sights to see. Uh, if you're single and you're looking for somebody, or even if you're just not looking for Miss Wright, but just right now, she's on the cruise. There were so many hungry women on there, it wasn't funny. I felt like a pork chop more than once. I wouldn't leave you know, my wife's side just for that reason. It was folks just like staring you up and down like you were the last biscuit on a tray. And I, I'm no prize, but that's just the way it was. A lot of fat people, too. I thought I was the biggest loser cruise for a minute. But, you know, that's just how it was. And a lot of seniors. I mean, it was like really, really, really elderly people. Um, there was a lot of cruisers, those little wheel things and walkers on there. A lot of people had canes. The line for the handicapped people was longer than the other part. You know, the, like I got on and off like really fast because the long line was the handicapped assist. And even the food, the diet stuff, like um, the dining room food, all the desserts, like three out of five of them were sugar-free and the other two were fruit. So they were like natural stuff. They were trying their best to keep folks alive. I um, saw a couple of things that uh, probably haunt me for a while. There were a lot of breasts. Uh, folks were just wearing some low-cut V-neck scoop, show everything you got, stuff all on ship. Um, if that don't bother you, you might want to come out to this cruise we're going to do here. A uh, lot of dancing. It was like food, dancing, drinking. I drank way more than I ever have, probably in about five years. I was kind of going for the drunk pirate kind of deal. And uh, by the third day, I was done. I didn't want to drink anymore. So I'm probably be pretty sober the next couple of years until next cruise. Uh, I think I had my fill. And I didn't even drink that much. I just drank a lot of different stuff. Like I drank um, all those fancy rum things and uh, had a cigar night. One night met a guy and we, he gave me some some scotch. I think it was the first time I ever tried scotch while smoking a cigar. And uh, I think my voice just came back from that. It was the first cruise I've been on in like six years. I did a family cruise with Carnival. This was uh, Royal Caribbean. And a little bit different. I think everything was included with my uh, Caribbean cruise. A little bit more expensive, but everything was included. And this one was a little bit cheaper, but they a la carte the mess out you. I think I spent probably about 100 bucks a day on stuff. So that bill, when that comes, I'm not going to be real happy with that one. But that's just how I went. I was on vacation. The wife was ecstatic. She's happy. I'm so glad she was with me. Went to Bermuda, man. Bermuda was... Bermuda's like a hidden gem. It's out in the middle of nowhere in Atlantic, and it's just a nice place. Good place to relax, good place to, to be. Nice sights. I'm going to put a little picture up on, on the show notes so you can see it. And let me know about that cruise thing if you want to make it. Could be some good times. I mean, we could like have dinner together like more than one time. We could, uh, book some room so we can all have like a talk session and just shoot the bull um, the Sunday maybe I can even have church service for those who want to come to that we can have some fun stuff just our group so and, and guess what the wife 
suggested it. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Oh, I gotta tell you about this one guy. This one guy was, um, he was sitting back on a chair and he fell asleep. And what's really wild is when the old guys go to sleep, you can't tell if they're still living or not. I mean, the dude's mouth was wide open. There was no sound coming out. His chest wasn't going up and down. And I actually got worried. So I like call one of the um, ship people to kind of like point to him like, you know, you might want to put the glass on this dude's mouth, see if it fogs up or something because he looked out, man. But then as I walked over the ship, there was like one of them guys everywhere. Very, very interesting. But I learned something, you know. Luckily, if I get there, I'll be one of those old dudes kick back. Because when I crashed, I crashed in the room. So nobody saw me. My mouth hanging open in the slob coming out. And a lot of folks not afraid to expose themselves. They volunteer for stuff on the stage. And they were out there just doing crazy stuff. And, and mostly women. Mostly, again, the ratio had to be a good 12 to 1. There's 3,500 people on the boat. There's more women than you can shake a stick at. So bring yours, or you can find one while you're there for sure. All right, I got two pieces for you in news and in product reviews this week. One of the most important things is that the, uh, our Congress on Wednesday evening last of this week approved a controversial bill that will have right to carry reciprocity and, uh, the bill, H.R. 822, passed in a 272 to 154 vote in which more than 40 Democrats supported it, along with all, all but about a half dozen Republicans. And this debate spits this whole Second Amendment uh, issue to the Constitution, the right to keep and bear arms against the Tenth Amendment, which aims to ensure that states retain rights not expressly given to the federal government. And even though Republicans are frequent champions of state rights, today they argue that the Second Amendment must prevail over varying state rules related or related to gun permits. And of course, you got your old standbys who never, never um, want the Second Amendment to mean what it means, that the right to keep and bear arms should not be infringed, period. And they always got their own little issue with it. But that's like the hottest thing right now that is heading toward the Senate. And we'll see where it goes from now. Product reviews. I found a new pistol. It looks like a Glock. It's called the Diamondback. It comes out in 380 caliber and 9mm. And one of them comes in an orange color that my wife is going to actually love. I can tell. And I might try to get her one for Christmas, stick it under the tree and see if she likes it. And if she doesn't like it, then I'll just keep it for myself. Let her pick her own firearm, which she will anyway. But uh, I thought about her with this one. I thought, yeah, she'll like this one just because it's the color. And I know her, I know her taste. But uh, Diamondback Firearms, check those out. It's a polymer. It's a pretty new company out of Florida. Got some good feeling behind that. If you are into recording your own stuff, you might want to do a video podcast. You might want to show your shooting prowess. Um, there's a new 
not too new. It's been around a while, but they finagled it. Not finagled it. They finessed it, made it a little bit better. It's called, uh, it's the Midland XTC100 camera. And you can attach it to your helmet, to your goggles, to your handlebars. And if you got a rail, you probably could put it on your um, modern sporting rifle. And it's pretty light. It's like eight ounces, uses two AAA batteries. And you can download the video to Windows, to Mac. And it comes with a USB cable, no software. has a microphone. I think the problem is, though, with these smaller digitals, just like your camera that comes with your phone, you can't do it in low light. So if you're doing it for hunting to catch that deer and you want to do like a really cool um, hunting video, you're going to be blown unless it's like a lot of light. The problem with the smaller lenses is lighting and the sound probably bites too. So you're going to have to do uh, bright light stuff. So if you're doing the range thing, you'll probably be fine. But hunting, not so much. Saying that, they got a model that's uh, right about 103 bucks, and I got a link to it from Amazon. And if you buy it from my site, I get like 10 centavos for it for, for helping out or whatever. So check it out. It's the XTC100 camera from Midland Radio. New from Zombie Industries, in celebration of the holiday season, we got a Christmas zombie target called the Zinch. So if you want your Zinch to steal Christmas, check out this new target on blackmanwithagun.us. It's the pro gun shop from kenblanchard.com. You'll find the details at blackmanwithagun.us and on the show notes for episode 244. And that's it for our product, our news and reviews for this week. And welcome to the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Hello, darling. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, happy Thanksgiving to you, darling. Oh, oh, such a good things and uh, so much to be thankful for. Yes, it is. Yes, what, darling. What do you got planned for this week? Well, darling, you know, it's uh, my Katina, my niece, my great niece, her mother's father, who was my brother, her and her husband, the doctor Joe, and the psychic, my psychic, he's my husband. We will all get together and have a turkey and a wild turkey that Dr. Joe and the psychic hunt last spring. And uh, we have the wild turkey and the dressing and all the good things. And oh, I can do it. Well, I've never, never had wild turkey before. Oh, darling, is very good. Very good. Yeah, my turkey is always come right out of the store. Well, most of the people do, but uh, in the Missouri, you know, we have a lot of wild turkeys and uh, they go. Kapa, kapa, kapa. Oh, and, that is uh, too cool. You, darling, you know, they want me to do it again, darling? No. I do the turkey again? <laughs> yeah, go right ahead. It goes up. Wow, that was pretty that was good. Fun, yes. And uh, anyway, they get the turkeys, and uh, Dr. Joe and Psyche, they hunt a turkey last spring. We freeze. We have a half the turkey for a turkey shish kebabs and for 4th of July. And uh, we save the other half for Thanksgiving. It's very good. Oh. Wow. Yes, darling. I'm missing out. Oh, darling, sometime you come to, to Missouri for Thanksgiving, I give you turkey. Oh, that would be nice. Yes, darling. Yes, darling. What do you got for the troops this week? 
Well, darling, you know, I was thinking about a funny movie, and I'd like to recommend three movies this, uh, this week. I'm writing them down but this time. Th- okay, darling. Uh, you, well, uh, let me tell you about the first movie. Okay. Good Morning Vietnam. Oh, yes. I love that And one. darling, oh, darling, there is a funny line in the movie where the DJ say, he said, the Christmas season is upon us, so get your packages in by August 15th. And, uh, darling, anybody who's been in the service can laugh because uh, sometimes uh, I remember with a psyche and when he was in the WW2, sometimes it's, uh, you have to do things a little bit ahead of time. <laughs> yeah, maybe not August 15th, but a little bit ahead of time. Right, right. So I was thinking once again about the special boxes at the post office. Oh, yeah. And they, that they have the boxes, they call it the red boxes. Mm-hmm. And on the red boxes, they have a little squares for the APO, FBO. And they have a flat rate. So that means you can put all kinds of things in a corner box. You can put lots of books, magazines, crossword puzzles, and little movies maybe. You put all these things in a box. You can make a darling as heavy as you want. And it's only one price. Okay. And darling, if you only have a one, if, if, if you go to the post office and there are no red boxes, it's a white box with a red lettering. That's what they call the red boxes. Okay. If they don't have that, you can still use the uh, regular uh, flat rate box, priority mail flat box. Okay. And you can still uh, put on your address the APO, FPO. It, it's the same thing, darling. It's just the one the box is uh, kind of fancy and one box is more plain. Okay. But, uh, but darling, oh, darling, I tell you the troops they love. They love uh, you send these things. And uh, all the magazines, comic books, the puzzles, the, uh, the, uh, the, like I said, uh, you can put lots in these boxes, darling, a paper bag. Oh. So true, so true. So true, darling. So I was thinking about this and encourage everybody to do this for their loved ones. It will make a bigger difference on the holidays. Okay. And uh, darling, so then I got to think about the movie Good Morning Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And I got to think about three movies, darling, if you are... If you are overseas somewhere, and you need, even if you are in the United States, and you need good, funny movies about the military, uh, or, or adventure movie about the military, darling, uh, three movies. One is a Good Morning Vietnam. It is such a good movie, and it is a funny. And it has a good message, too, but it is just so funny. Mm-hmm. The other movie, darling. And I bet the young people uh, don't watch this movie much, but it's Kelly's Heroes. Oh, okay. Kelly's Heroes is a so funny, darling. It started... You see that movie, darling? I think I have. Oh, Clint, darling, it came out in the 1970s. Clint Eastwood's in it, right? Clint Eastwood, Kelly Savalas, yeah. Donald, Donald Sutherland. You know, everybody knows Kiefer Sutherland from 1024, Jack Bauer, you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, his daddy is a Donald Sutherland, and he was, in, he was a young man in this movie, 1970. And, uh, and uh, so Donald Sutherland, and darling... Also, oh, darling, who is it? Dan Rickles. Dan Rickles was in this movie. Oh, wow. And darling, you know, a lot of these men that were in this movie, they actually, you know, this was 1970s, or some of these uh, these men in the movie at the time, they were, they were actually in the WW2. So, uh, but you know, darling, it is a funny movie. It is a good movie. It is a funny movie. I recommend everybody, if you know, see, oh, see the movie. And if, if you have a kids, your kids can watch the movie with you. Okay. That's a good but one. it is so funny. It's just and darling, if you've been in the military, you, it make you laugh. It just to make you laugh. And you can, you know, darling, you've been in the, you know, you know, you, you are a marine, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, you have a certain jokes. Uh, mm-hmm. I say you are a marine because once a marine, always a marine. I know you know in the Marine Corps right now, but yes, uh, yes. they tell me the marine is always a marine. Is it true? That's, that's true. Yes, that's darling. true. 
Yes, darling. So that's why I say you are a Marine. And uh, but darling, you know how you watch a movie and uh, you see you get you kind of get a few jokes that maybe some other people might not get. Mm-hmm. You know. So yeah, anyway, and darling, the other movie is a movie called. Uh, so my, my kitty cat is walking all over my papers. I'm sorry. A rough, <laughs> rough sound. Uh, that's a racket. Racket, you stay, you stay there. Okay. Anyway, darling, uh, the other movie is a movie that's come out, oh, I think in the 1990s, called No Way Out. Oh, yeah. Starred Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Oh, good movie. Good movie. Yeah, good movie. So three movies for people in the armed forces. And anybody else, but especially if you are in the armed forces, have a movie day. Good morning, Vietnam, Kelly's Heroes, and a No Way Out. All right. You heard it. Yes, darling. Thank you, Miss M. Oh, thank you, darling. You have a happy Thanksgiving. You have a great Thanksgiving as well. Okay, darling. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead founder of Crossbreed Holsters. I designed our top-selling holster, the Super Tuck Deluxe, to solve the problems of being poked, pinched, and gouged while carrying concealed. The Super Tuck Deluxe is the most comfortable, most concealable holster on the market today. We offer a two-week free trial and a lifetime warranty. Visit us at crossbreedholsters.com. Don't forget crossbreedholsters.com. HagerWatches.com In a northwestern city of Maryland known as Hagerstown, a new watch company begins. The watch is called Hogger. It is designed by a U.S. veteran, a watch aficionado, a patriot that wanted to leave his mark in history, offering a quality watch for the active person that didn't break the bank. Automatic movement, water resistant to three atmospheres, the commando, Features a unique fighting knife logo on the back and the Urban Commando look. It's not too big and looks at home both in the office or in the field. Hoggerwatches.com. Get yours today. Babs in the Woods. From womensoutdoornews.com's Barbara Bear. Hey, black man with a gun, it's Barbara Baird, Women's Outdoor News. It's the rut. It's whitetail season here in the Ozarks and in many places across the country right now. I sit at the governor's desk, a piece of furniture built for the colonel, my father-in-law, in the 1960s, and I make lists. Lists like call the plumber, talk to the general contractor about a strike plate for the back door and grab bars for the showers. Oh, and get some more strawberries for the babies. My deer tags, meanwhile, lay unfilled. In fact, my deer tags have been retrieved from the trash by my husband at that other place I call home about 100 miles away. I sit here with an expired trout tag and a migratory bird tag that I mistakenly packed when I threw away the valuable tags. Three babies under the age of 15 months, their moms, their dads, boxes all around, no running water, and generally cheerful chaos. And the deer are in the rut, and we see them salute us with white flags somewhere on this property almost every day. One baby daddy has already tagged a one-antlered buck. When my husband brings me my tags later this week, yeah, I know, I could get duplicates, but that means I'd have to quit unpacking and playing with babies on the floor and start ignoring the contractor, and worst of all, go stand in line at Walmart, which is about 10 miles from here. 
And then, when I do get my tags, I'll put on my pro as hunting apparel, pick up my Ruger rifle, and I'll get out there. I'll be wearing a hunter's safety system vest for climbing up into my summit tree stand. Okay, one thing about whitetail season. It is the most popular big game season in this country, according to the latest U.S. Fish and Wildlife Survey, and it brings families and friends together again. Families that would not stay in crummy places stay in crummy places. People settle for third world country accommodations in order to tag the ultimate in hormone-free, organic, free-range venison. People also stay in construction zones of old houses with no running water and mazes of boxes, too. So say what you want about the therapeutic benefits of hunting. It also brings people together. Families often have to share their adult children. Adult children, is that an oxymoron? At other holidays, but every fall, if those children are hunters, they'll probably come home to hunt with you if they can. Just something to think about. You might want to take your kids hunting or do something with them that makes them want to come home when they grow up. You know, like golf, tennis, shooting, sports, bird watching, hiking, kayaking. You know what you do best. For news reviews and stories about women in the outdoors and the skills and traditions that they are practicing, just check us out, womensoutdoornews.com. And thanks, Ken. This is Barb Baird. And you're most welcome, Barbara. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. What's the matter, big brother? Nothing. I was just checking the mailbox. What did you expect? A turkey card? And now, our featured presentation. Hey, last week I was talking about why guns, and I talked about some history. Got down in the weeds with 1640 till right up till the Civil War. I could go on until present day. But I think I'll take a break from the history, if that's okay with you. And I just want to talk about in Why Guns Part 3, the fun aspect of it. Shooting is a fun thing. Shooting is a sport that's not relied upon your gender, your age, your size. It just relies on marksmanship, and that's personal. It shows your commitment, your skill, and your discipline. That's a you sport. It shows your capabilities to master your circumstances, your environment, and your own limits. You know, if you're a big man, folks will assume you play football. If you're tall and slender, maybe basketball or volleyball. You know, because of how you look. Shooting, it doesn't matter. You just have to master the principles of marksmanship and apply them to the activity that you're in. And there are just so many activities. Well, with shotguns, for example, there are the sports that simulate hunting and shooting things that fly or run, like trap and skeet and sporting clays. And it's so much fun. Then there's the rifle sports that include long-distance precision shooting and And it's more than a dozen variants of that. It all depends on the type of firearm that you got. And it's just so darn fun. Pistol shooting is huge. And not only can be, depending on the type of handgun you have, like revolver or semi-auto, but also it has hybrids to it, like race guns and stock, semi-auto pistols, customs, and something in between. There are sports where you can shoot one-handed, like bullseye at static or even moving targets. There are interactive targets that make noise, spin, flip, or change color. Then there are the zombie targets, the 3D ones, and the paper. There's the bad guy and the terrorist, the, the rabid dogs, the hostage situations, the and anything you can think of just about to challenge your mind 
your speed, and your perception. And it's just so darn fun. You can compete against yourself. You can do it against your friends for money, for standings, or just bragging rights. And it's just so much fun. You can even play dress up in this thing. You can wear the regalia of the era or the type of firearm that you have. Cowboy action shooting and zoot shoot shooting and military reenactments and even the apocalyptic stuff. And it's only limited by your imagination and your participation and probably your wallet. And it's just so much fun. You can do it alone. You can do it in a group. You can do it with a friend. You can do it with a simulation. You can do it on a range. You can do it on the inside. You can do it in a secure, closed area. And it's just so much fun. And you can use your gun for hunting, for collecting, for conversation, for competition, for self-defense, for family, for any family activity. You can use it for stress release. You can use it for plinking, which is kind of like we used to do as kids. You can do it for work. And you can do it for play. And it's just so much fun. That's just a few things you can do with guns. I don't think you understand me. Check this out. I want to tell you a story about Donna. Donna weighs about 110. She's just, uh, you know, just just a woman that works down the street from you. She goes to work every day. You see her, but you never say anything. She's single. Donna shoots recreationally. She bought a pistol maybe two years ago. She's gone to about three or four different classes, and she's pretty proficient. Donna is also a law clerk. And she works with some pretty crazy people, and she sees some of the evil things that people can do to each other. They come in there screaming sometimes. The lawyer she works for is often a social worker, miracle worker, a whole bunch of stuff. And sometimes you get some scary people in there. Her job can be stressful because once her bosses get stressed out, then they yell at some everybody, kind of gets tense in there. Well, Donna uses shooting as her stress buster. She takes her pistol to indoor range, not too far from here. And she belongs to the range, so she gets a reduction in the fees. She buys her ammo online, saving money again. When she's at the range, this is what happens. She rents a lane. It's an afternoon or evening, and she goes on the line. There are people shooting left and right of her. She's able to block out the sound, load her firearm, send her target downrange. In her own time, Remember everything that she's learned in marksmanship and her skills and fire. In between the shots, she concentrates on executing everything as she was taught, blocking out the sound left and right of her, blocking out 
the temperature differences of the inside the range part versus outside. She's blocking out all the stress from the earlier part of the day when folks had lost their mind. And his exact same Zen moment as a basketball player going down the court, whether it be NBA or high school or whatever, there are people watching you and there's noise and you're dribbling your basketball and you're going down the court and you're looking for an opening. Well, Donna is going up on target and she's ignoring the sound. She's ignoring the people left and right of her. She's aware of her surroundings, but she is focused on her front sight. And like the basketball star that stops midair and launches the basketball, aiming for the center of the rim, knowing that technique is everything. Donna also is shooting. She's has the right digit on the trigger. She's fingering like she's supposed to. She's holding like she's supposed to. She's pressing the trigger between the shot. It's the exact same Zen moment as the basketball player. Donna's not six foot ten. Donna didn't get a contract. Donna didn't do like the NBA people do. But in this moment, she's exactly in the same athletic mode as the professional athlete. And when her shot hits center mass, hits the 10 ring, and she recovers, it's the same follow through that the basketball player plays. And then she's ready for the second shot and she nails the second one and it cuts into part of the other hole that she made the first time. And then she breathes and recovers and looks left and right of her target. It's the same Zen moment as the professional basketball player. In a few moments of time, she's emptied her magazine and has an impressive target that many of the people left and right of her are in amazement because they suck. They're just playing. They don't have the same skill set. Shooting is a great equalizer. It all matters on that one person, on your skill, on your marksmanship, on your ability to be disciplined, to do as the professionals do, to master yourself. Shooting is great. And that's the conclusion of Why Guns Part 3. With just an example of another person's world in the shooting sports. If you have a story, if you have um, a discipline that you like to share, please do. On the show notes for episode number 244 on the Black Man with a Gun podcast. Thanks. Chuck, don't you know anything about Thanksgiving dinners? Where's the mashed potatoes? Where's the cranberry sauce? Where's the pumpkin pie? Zombie strike. This used to be an extreme sport watched by millions around the world. We hunted zombies on a man-made island in the South Pacific. Well, that was then. This is now. Part 10, Chapter 106, Jerusalem, Israel, 6 October 2011, 1600 hours local, countdown, 2 months, 25 days. Quentin McClintock hated golems, 
He learned a great deal about them over the past two years. The five-and-a-half-foot-tall creature's flat black skin was decorated with blue painted runes. The runes marked the creatures as the reanimated warriors of Zypitotec and bound their muscle and sinew to their ancient muscles. Unlike the zombies, golems would never decompose away. They would fight until they were destroyed. Major Rabin snapped up his Tavar rifle and fired a quick burst at the oncoming golems. The bullet struck their target, but the golems didn't even slow down its sprinting run. The minion laughed at Rabin's shocked expression. Mateo pulled the Israeli soldier back to the rest of the group. Don't waste ammo on them, Mateo instructed Rabin. Golems are indestructible until you can break their medallion. Sport, slowed them down a bit. Quentin, Jim. Mateo froze as he called their dead teammate's name. The team had been pushing so hard, they had barely a few minutes before Jim's body was boxed up and taken away. Mateo shook himself. Quentin, chief. Get ready to get up close and personal. The rest of us will try and keep them under control. Oh, this is going to be fun to watch, the minion taunted, hovering back up on top of the building. The team ignored him. Sport unslung his XM-25 grenade launcher. At least M&W brought their normal gear when it met back up with them. Quentin fell into stance with his warhammer, gripped tightly. He hated fighting these things. They were like rabid monkeys that never tired and were always trying to bury their obsidian axes into their opponents. Chief Stahl stood next to Quentin holding an entrenching tool in his hands. The rest of the team was behind and to their sides. Quentin turned back and nodded to Sport. The Brit unleashed a pair of grenades. The nice thing about the XM-25's grenades was that the operator could tell them when to detonate. Sport didn't bother wasting fragmentation grenades on golems. The things would just shrug off the shower of metal. Best things for golems were simple, high explosive. The two grenades exploded about 15 feet in front of the golems and about 10 feet in the air. The eight in the center were knocked off their feet by the concussion. The remaining four bounced off the buildings and bore down on zombie strike. Gunfire erupted from the line. Aimed low, the team concentrated on just two of the golems. They weren't trying to stop them. They were just slowing them down so that Quentin and the chief could take on the golems two at a time. One golem leaped at Quentin, bringing his axe over its head. As it came down, Quentin blocked the golem's axe with, with his warhammer. The volcanic glass blade rang the metal head of the warhammer. Quentin snatched the golem's arm and slammed it into the ground. It tried to use the hard pavement as a springboard, but Quentin pinned it with a heavy boot. He blocked several frantic axe strikes as he grabbed hold of the golem's stone medallion. The half-dollar-sized disc was etched with the mystical hieroglyphs that gave the golem its invulnerability. As Quentin pulled the medallion's leather cord tight, the golem dropped his axe and fought frantically to keep its protective artifact. Strong as golems were, Quentin was much stronger. The worn leather snapped. The golem let out an unearthly howl. Quentin didn't waste any time and kicked the creature back out into the street. Robbed of his mystical protection, the zombie strike gunners quickly tore it apart with bursts of fire. 
The chief was already working on his second golem. The first lady decapitated next to him, withering away to bones in minutes. Quentin smiled and focused on the creature, snarling and charging at him. Golems terrified Quentin the first few times his team had battled them. They seemed like unstoppable killing buzzsaws. They were still dangerous. Sarah found that out when she when one bounced back on her back in Odessa. Again, a properly armed and prepared team, the golems didn't stand a chance. Quentin fell into his role. He waited as the team let a golem close, and then as soon as he'd removed the golem's medallion, the shooters took them out. It was hard, nasty, and Quentin had to focus on his job. The chief grunted as a golem managed to sneak a blow past. The axe bent deep into Stahl's side. Quentin punched the golem in front of him and whipped his hammer out. Stahl's golem collapsed as the hammer drove down on his collarbone. Stahl nodded, thanks, and then thrust out with his tool. The sharpened blade easily cut through the leather straps holding the golem's medallion in place. Almost before the golem could wail in anguish, a burst of fire broke its head open. Quentin didn't see the body fall. His own golem tried to rake his face with bony fingers. Quentin grabbed the creature and shoved it to the pavement. Holding its wrist in one meaty hand, Quentin pounded the golem's medallion with his hammer. He'd nearly driven it through the golem's torso before the stone shattered. A single hammer blow to the golem's head ended it. There was an eerie post-battle silence as Quentin stood up front from the withering corpse. He was breathing hard as he looked up at the minion. The truth cultist cocked his head to the side, almost as if in surprise by the outcome. Mateo replaced the magazine in his carbine before looking back up to the minion. Where's Jacosta? Mateo asked, his tone somewhere between bored and annoyed. You think I'm going to tell you? The minion shot back. You may have destroyed my warriors, but you won't be able to escape this outbreak alive. Listen, I really don't have the time to deal with your stupidity. I'll make this simple. Either tell me where Jacosta is, or I'll kill you and find her on my own, Mateo said. You're insane. You can't kill me, the minion replied. Jess, take the shot, Mateo said quietly into the radio. The minion realized a half second too late that the team sniper had sneaked off during the battle. He never felt the 7.62 millimeter round as it hit perfectly at the base of the skull. Mateo turned back to the team, not even deigning to watch the body fall. Major, tell your people to expect a decapitation strike. It'll probably be the with the golems or whatever the other creatures the truth decided to use. It may be led by Jocasta, Mateo said. As Rabin walked off to call his leadership, Mateo turned to Chief Stahl and to Steve. The team, medic, had the former soldier's armor off and was inspecting Stahl's wounds. Is he good to fight? The bad news is that he's got some cracked ribs, the Steve said, wrapping the chief's midsection with tape. The good news is he's only got cracked ribs. A little happy juice and he'll be good. The Steve gave his trademark thumbs up and returned to wrapping up the chief. Rabin stormed back to the truth. The Prime Minister is dead. The Israeli reported, his face ashen. They're sending a helicopter for us. What's going on? Mateo asked. I'm not sure, Rabin said. 
Some of the IDF is fending off the attackers. They said they were fighting nightmares. Looks like they had another nursery. Chief Stahl gritted out. Mateo looked grim. Major, as soon as that helicopter gets here, we're going to try and rescue your people. Jocasta's probably among them, Mateo said. You'd better tell your people to prepare a backup plan if we fail. Those creatures will be much worse than the golems we just fought. What would you suggest? Major Rabin asked. You still got nukes, right? And that concludes episode 106 of Zombie Strike. If you love the story, check out this new feature and this new story called Bad Moon Rising. Read about it at Derek-Ward.com. You listen to the Black Man with a Gun podcast with my brother from a different mother, Kim Blanchard. Here's to you, my faithful few, friends, listeners, and haters even. I hope you have a great time with family, freeloaders, and neighbors, one and all, this Thanksgiving season. You know, you and I have had an exceptional year overall, beginning with the SHOT Show and Lobby Days, and Hollywood Celebrity Shooting, and the blogger events, the Lucky Gunner Fun Shoot, shooting just one-on-one, testifying, and uh, meeting for the first time. At the NRA annual meeting, the GRPC this fall, and wherever fine ales are sold. Thank you for sharing the link. I'm subscribing, but coming back. It's been a good year, I'm telling you. For friending me on Facebook, for retweeting my post um, from KenBlanchard.com. And commenting on BlackManWithAGun at gmail.com whenever you had the unction. I appreciate all your calls. And uh, the shout outs will continue. To all my fellow entrepreneurs out here like uh, ProisHoney.com, Codabo.com, ESSIPro.com, Zombie Industries, Chris.com, DiamondbackFirearms.com. I am grateful to the Almighty for friends like Barbara and Kathy, Laura, Sophie, Lloyd, Art, Kevin, Paul, Kay, Derek, Father Daniel, Rabbi David, Ryan, Don, and all the folks from the Illinois State and Rifle Association, Aaron, and my New Jersey family, Frank, Dan, Nick, Josh, Scott, Freddie, my Canadian family, Carrie and Carson, Tom, and Pierre, Luke. And there's been some low points. You've shared with me some stuff. I've prayed for you. We've seen God's hand move on some really important stuff together this year. And for some, we're just still waiting for the next move. I'm thankful for the opportunity to help, to spread, to entertain, to speak, to lift up, to share a smile, a joke, a bad song representation, you know, a victory or even a setback with you. That's what friendship is. Hope to get more stronger. Get more shooting in. More gun-related stuff on this show. But it kind of goes, you know, as folks 
pick who they want to pick and they listen to what they want to listen to and they choose who they want to support and sponsor. Really grateful to CrossbreedHolsters.com for rolling with a brother and keeping, keeping me on board. For all those of you of the Urban Shooter Association, UrbanShooter.org, you know we got our limits to stuff we do, but thank you just the same. So, just thank you. All right, that means it's time to go. Thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the Black Man with a Gun podcast sponsored by CrossbreedHolsters.com. If you want to reach me for anything at all, you can contact me at blackmanwithagun at gmail.com or call me at 888-675-0202. When you're weary, feeling small. are in your eyes I will dry them all I'm on your side when times get rough and friends just can't be found to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the sunshine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields and until we meet again may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. Shalom baby. One Christmas, my father caught a wild turkey, and he fed him uh, corn and chestnuts. Uh, but then we didn't have heart to kill him, so we let him get away. Oh, I see. But the turkey liked the food so well that he came back each year, and that way we always had, had a, a turkey, turkey for, for Christmas, Christmas dinner.